0: It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 16, December 10th, 2019. On Twitter, everyone's been putting up those little posts, the pictures of things they've been listening to on Spotify, and they made one of those for podcasts too. Uh, I don't advertise the Early Access Podcast anywhere. In fact, if you haven't figured it out by now, this podcast is really just a ruse uh, for me to produce content so that people keep sending me game keys. And so that I have some connection to the content creation world. So if I ever want to hop back into it, it can be like I never left. But up up until I actually was watching this, uh, up until about two days ago, 100% of my incredibly small viewership, like a dozen people, was female. And I don't know if just everyone listening to the show doesn't care about analytics so they set their gender when they signed up for spotify as female but 100 percent of the dozen or so people who actually listen to this podcast on spotify you'd also listen live on twitch twitch.tv slash Shampoo, 8 p.m pst 100 percent of them were female and i guess spotify adjusted it or maybe figured something out or maybe more people started listening and now we're at 71 percent male and 29 percent female which i think is still a pretty good spread for a podcast that is pretty much just me and sometimes killed mostly just a dude talking about video games in vr with the majority of my listeners being 18 to 34 actually every single listener is 18 to 34 we don't have a large enough sample size to have any random outlier so be sure to like us on spotify we got some fun stuff to talk about today twitch news uh, a lot of unnecessary animal abuse news and some other fun stuff. So let's talk, let's talk about first off Twitch news today. It was announced. I got this information from slasher on Twitter, Dr. Lupo, Tim, the tap Man, and lyric have signed multi-year deals with Twitch. Sources say that they are getting millions of dollars per year loaded. The agency representing nearly all of the top streamers in the world ...including Ninja, Shroud, Courage, Tim the Tatman, Dr. Lupo, and Lyric. Ninja, of course, being now on Mixer. Shroud is on Mixer as well. And Courage, I believe, is on YouTube. Uh, That agency, Loaded, continues to bring in multi-million dollar contract deals for all of their top clients. This is huge and, of course, expected. Mixer buying people over, uh, in particular Ninja and Shroud, to go over. Facebook Gaming giving some people some good deals. Uh, Tim the Tatman moving to stay on Twitch permanently is no surprise, along with Dr. Lupo and Lyric. They're, Twitch is going to be looking to hold on to their top talent uh, so that they aren't all sniped over to different platforms. But what's going to be interesting, this is something I haven't heard too many people talk about, is where are where are a lot of the top female streamers going? In particular, Pokimane, who is pretty much uh, one of the Twitch Poster streamers. Uh, if you go on to the TwitchCon website. Or a lot of Twitch's official assets. They're going to be showing off Pokemane. The majority of larger streamers. The biggest. We're talking the top 100. The majority of them being male. Uh, you want that female representation up there. And there aren't nearly as many streamers. Who are reaching that absolute pinnacle. There are, there are a lot of female streamers up there. In the top 1%. But as far as if we take the sample of the top 100 Right, We have a lot of female streamers, but if we just take the very, very, very top, not a lot of female representation there. And with all of these dude streamers being signed to platforms, it'll be interesting to see if uh, YouTube Gaming, Facebook, Mixer, whoever, can snipe one of these top female content creators and take their audience over. Because their audience may not be overlapping with the audience of Ninja and Shroud and Courage, who I would assume, I don't have their analytics on hand, i have a similar type of viewer. In fact, someone who watches Ninja probably also watches. I think Ninja might even lean towards the lower crowd, but if you watch Shroud, you probably also watch Dr. Lupo or Lyric or Tim the Tapman. But these female streamers who might have a different audience who hasn't been ripped to a on one platform or the other, uh I, I wonder who will be the first to make moves there or if those deals are in progress because Twitch is looking to hold on to their top talent. And of course, YouTube and Mixer are looking to grab some top talent. We are seeing, though, that people are more loyal. I think I talked about this in an earlier episode to the platform rather than the actual streamer themselves. I, I don't know the exact number, but I'm sure Ninja saw a large fall off from his viewership on Twitch to his viewership on Mixer, not because people don't like Ninja anymore, not that his personality changes. He's playing different games or anything like that. But because people don't want to go over to Mixer and sign in there. And so it's going to it's gonna be cool to see how this all develops uh, in 2020. But another thing that's being overlooked, these are million-dollar deals per year. These guys are making big bucks, and they are multi-year. These guys are in it for the long run. Of course, the money's there to keep them doing it full-time, doing it professionally. But multi-year deals... The average content creator burns out in, what, three years? I think my streaming career lasted four or five, something like that. Three years of any sort of notable popularity. And so to have been streaming for this long and to then sign on a multi-year deal to continue doing it when the average content uh, content creator's career is so short, to continue to want to do it for multiple years might be a testament to either how much they love it Or the fact that these guys are making so much money that it would be absurd to do anything else. Maybe they just don't know how to do anything else. I know for me, uh, when my channel was starting to go downhill, it was hard for me to kind of stop. Uh, There was that hard, like, all right, bro, it's over. Like, cut loose and go do something else. Which is why we have the Early Access podcast now to kind of keep my feet wet. But maybe, uh, maybe they just don't know or don't want to do anything else. Maybe it's the money talking. Maybe they really love doing it that much. But uh, it'll be interesting to see that way down the line, we're talking a decade from now after these guys' careers ended, and, and when they're loaded with money, or if they all blow it on something dumb, uh, what they think about their decision to have signed on to be a streamer for, what, upwards of 5 to 10 years? These are multi-year deals. I mean, multi-year could mean two. But when these guys already have streaming careers that are 5, 7, 10 years long, they're going to be doing it for 12 years, 15 years, uh, I wonder, I wonder if they're gonna burn out, and they haven't already, but it could happen because people people can't can't sit in their chair playing video games, taking verbal abuse from the internet nonstop every single day of the week, low on vacations for so long. So that's that's what's happening in Twitch News. Also in Twitch News, Pay Money Wubby, who we talked about either this week or last week on the podcast, roasted Twitch, and I loved it. So. If you guys didn't hear about that, I was talking about it on the podcast one or two episodes ago. Pay Money Wubby was banned on Twitch for five days. He had full permission from the restaurant he was streaming at when he was banned to stream from inside that that restaurant on Twitch. Well, Twitch didn't like that. They banned him. Five days later, they said, whoops, sorry, and unbanned him. Twitch tweeted on December 2nd, in the year of 2019, we stream pizza deliveries for fun. They blurred out the pizza man's face in post-production. It wasn't blurred on stream. And what they banned pay money well before was privacy, uh, was, was under the guise of privacy. Hey, you can't be showing, showing off other people in public like that, bugging this restaurant. Then Twitch goes out to promote this clip where this dude is getting a pizza delivered to his house that tweet i don't really like judging tweets by how many likes or dislikes they have but the ratio on this one is is hilarious twitch's original tweet is 67 likes pay money wubby replies in light of my recent privacy ban i feel like this ad makes you look pretty fucking stupid that is 4.1k likes uh and really all there is to say there is uh twitch what the fuck these these unjust bans are still not cool what was a just ban Was this woman who beat her dog on stream. So a while back, and I think we also talked about this on the show. There was this, uh, I believe he's from Australia or New Zealand. But there was this guy who beat his wife, not quite on stream. But she was peeking in from what I'd assume was his door. He got up off stream and started swinging at who was presumably his wife. Actually, Keeler. We're going to have a quick Keeler World War II fact intermission while i delete this f- boneworks footage from off my computer because i just recorded 1 hour of boneworks footage and my computer is no no more footage to record the rest of this podcast so i'm going to delete this real nice. quick and killer will drop a world war 2 fact early
1: nice so this is a recent news article actually the um what is the name of the ship i forget but a world war 1 german battle cruiser the scharnhorst, scharnhorst uh, was found recently. And recently, I think it was maybe last week or a few days ago, on December 5th, it was announced that this um, battleship was found. It was from um, Captain Graf von Spree of the German Army. And in 1914, he kind of led the British Navy on kind of a chase around the world until in the Battle of the Falkland Islands in the South Atlantic, um, his ship was sunk and he and all of his crew were effectively killed in the battle. And it was always kind of a legendary naval battle of the time of the war, and so recently they finally, this year only a few days ago, after always searching and beginning a search back in, like, 2014 were able to actually locate the wreckage of the ship, and there are photographs and scans and all the things of the similar ones So even now we're still finding new things from
0: said war What kind of ship, was this like, the, the kind of ship I can imagine in my head It was a battleship like a- What do battleships like- in World War I look like?
1: Kind of not too different from what you'd expect in World War Two. A little more dated, but roughly the same idea. All metal, right?
0: Oh, Guns. all metal. Okay, that's what I was getting at there because in my mind I was picturing a literal uh like pirate ship made out of wood. No,
1: no, we this was long beyond the the age of like the man of war or something. They started making metal ships around the Civil War. Around the time of the American Civil War, they started making all metal ships. And so that was like half a century almost to really, really get that art into better perspective, into better construction. All
0: right. Well, anyway, I was recording a lot of Boneworks footage today, and that was taking up a ton of space on my computer, and I wasn't going to use a lot of the footage. In fact, I already worked with the footage I did want to use, and my computer was full because I took out my other hard drive that's half a terabyte. So, we got that all fixed up. The rest of the podcast will be recorded properly. Good, good, good.
1: Anyway, I will also be posting that article in your Discord, discord.gg slash shampoo.
0: That is true. Check that out. Pay Money Wubby was banned. Uh, Okay, we're going to talk about the animal abuse thing. So, this was a good ban. The Pay Money Wubby ban, not good. The woman, Twitch doesn't seem to always ban animal abuse, but this time they did, and I approve of it. So there's this woman streaming on Twitch. She was in her kitchen, presumably cooking. And she goes off camera, similar to the guy who beat his wife. uh, And all we can hear is the sound and yelps of the dog out in the distance, similar to the wife abuse situation. And there's not much to see, which is good for an audio podcast because this is an audio-only podcast. There's not much to see, but you can hear in the background what happens is this woman's dog gets the zoomies. It's when your dog, if anyone's ever owned a dog, they start bolting around randomly super quickly. She goes, she doesn't like her dog doing that. I've never disciplined a dog for doing that. I've had three dogs throughout my life. And I've had plenty of friends who've had pets. I've never seen any of them discipline their dog for sprinting around the house. Uh, And so this woman went off stream to stop her dog from sprinting around. And we're going to play the audio clip of what, what happened off camera, but also what she said afterwards was the most damning part. You got it all keyed up, killer?
1: Yeah, just say play a clip,
0: honestly. Alright. Let's play it.
1: You are too dark for tank to like uh oh. Zoomies Are you Zoomies? Are you Zoomies?
0: afterwards she talks about uh sometimes you just gotta beat the dog sometimes you just have to beat your dog is literally something she said moments after that clip now one thing she did was she justified the yelping of the dog by saying oh my dog coughs and i listened to the clips of the dog coughing i mean you can kind of the audio quality in that clip was really bad let's let's say Give her the benefit of the doubt. Let's say the dog really was coughing. I heard some clear sounds of impact. I don't think she was smacking the wall or hitting her couch. And you could hear her out in the distance swearing. She was swearing at the dog. The dog was, give her the benefit of the doubt, coughing. But she was definitely hitting something in the back. And then she comes back on stream and says, hey, you know, sometimes you just got to beat your dog. Uh, Now, of course, I didn't see anything. The camera wasn't pointed at any of this, but that's not cool. Uh, She went on Twitter to talk about, hey, Twitch, this is an unjust ban. I didn't beat my dog. You guys didn't see anything. Uh, And I'm going to play bullshit police here and call bullshit on that one. Uh, And people like this need to not only lose their animals and incur large fines and also never be allowed to have anything larger than a goldfish again, but uh, I think, I think we need to. We got to drop them on a on a battle royal island. We need to take all these streamers, all these racist streamers. All, this is not the first instance of Twitch animal abuse that I've talked about on this podcast, or that I will talk about in this podcast. Because the next topic is more animal abuse. We need to drop these racist streamers, these streamers who are beating animals. We got to all put them on an island. Well, Let's, let's go find... There's got to be some island in the Philippines that's unoccupied, right? The Philippines is like a thousand different islands. There's got to be one of them that's big enough and unoccupied. Got to lay guns around the island, and we got to go to Last Man Standing and broadcast that on national television because there's no better use for these people who are <laughs> neglecting their animals on stream because what... I, I don't know what's happening when the cameras turn off, but uh, when the camera's on... They're already doing heinous things. Get the people who are beating their wives on stream. Get the people who are nonchalantly yelling the N-word in H1Z1 lobbies. Let's get them all together. Let's have them fight to the death. Last man standing. Last person standing. Then gets to have a multi-year, multi-million dollar deal to stream on Twitch. It'll bring a bunch of viewers to Twitch also. And and it's not like, you know, it's not like they weren't already streaming on Twitch. Nikki but you're just putting the winner of a battle royale who's a racist back on a Twitch. They were there in the first place. And there's always going to be people yelling the N word on Twitch. So I I just say, do it. This is a new reality TV show. I want to watch, but the next clip of animal abuse that we have this woman, uh, there was a, a streamer filming a woman throwing a dog. Now uh, the streamer was actually not at fault in this one. They were at an animal shelter called Barkin Bitches dog boutique which I think is a really fantastic name down in LA when she is filming the puppies running around playing, there's a small puppy and what I would assume to be like a one-year-old dog. It's not a very big dog. Like you would think uh, a lab or a golden retriever or a pit bull, but it's a, it's a medium sized dog and what seems to be a small puppy. There's a bunch of dogs running around. This medium sized dog starts to kind of bully the small puppy and this, uh, animal shelter employee picks up the dog that's bullying the puppy by the neck and chucks it. And this audio, yeah, this, this is probably one of the worst things I've watched on the internet this year. Just, just from the audio, it, And maybe it's not one of the worst things, but it impacted me, um, the most. I've had a bunch of people on Twitch link me heinous things. One of the reasons we don't allow links in my chat is because someone literally linked an ISIS beheading video once while I was streaming. And that bugged me less than the sound of this dog's skull hitting the concrete floor. Uh, this I, I hate this clip, but we're going to play it for the sake of journalism. So, Keeler, you can hit it. Stop.
1: Stop.
0: Oh, my God. So we see the employee. I swel- DeFranco a there.
1: A clip of Phil DeFranco, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yo, Phil DeFranco's the best. I love getting my news from that guy. So, all the dogs are playing. That's the initial yelping you hear. This woman literally picks up the dog. I assume she's about five feet tall. She's not a particularly tall woman. Average height of a woman in the U.S. is 5'3". But she literally throws the dog from her shoulder level. That dog dropped a solid four to five feet and flew what I think is six to eight feet. Landed on its head. They took the dog to the vet. That, uh, that woman was fired afterwards. And I have a quote from the owner afterwards. She wrote on Instagram... My deepest apologies for this incident. The dog was playing and acting normal after this horrific incident. She was taken to the vet and was cleared 100%. We will not tolerate this or any actions that put our rescues in harm's way. And then I, I really like this part that she said after. I don't think she meant to word it like this, but in my in my mind, this makes us a lot better. The employee is no longer with us. The dog is doing just fine. Uh, she didn't say it in the tone that I said it in, but I, I hope... That <laughs> that we buried this woman alive, or send her to Stealth Shampoo's Battle Royale Island, because uh, people like this do not deserve a place working at a dog shelter, let alone uh, a place. No, no, we we'll just put her on Battle Royale. I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna sugarcoat. It. Just put her on Battle Royale and the fight to the death with all the other racists, cat throwers, uh, spousal abusers on Twitch. Uh, so terrible person. And uh, I'm, I'm very glad. No no hate in my heart to Barkin' Bitches Dog Boutique. There were a lot of people, Phil, the Franco said later in that video, criticizing uh, Barkin' Bitches Dog Boutique for not training their employees. And I really like what Phil said. Uh, I, I shouldn't need to train people to not chuck an animal. Oh, no, no. Here's what should happen. Not only should we put her in Battle Royale Island, but the way she should get deployed to her landing spot on Battle Royale Island. We should have Shaquille O'Neal carry her around the island until she finds somewhere that she wants to hot drop then he needs to chuck her into the mud on the island and i think i think in that case i'll i'll be morally and ethically satisfied that's what i want for this horrendous woman uh i had something else oh boneworks i want to talk about some vr news cuz boneworks came out today that's all i got in uh terrible things happening to animals And things happening on Twitch. I want to talk about Boneworks. So VR news for the week. Boneworks for those of you guys who don't know. Is one of the highly anticipated VR games coming out from Stress Level Zero. It is a physics based VR shooter. I'm playing through the story right now. And for context it took me 13 hours to finish Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm 3 hours into Boneworks. And I finished the first level. And the tutorial took me 2 hours. Not because it's incredibly difficult or because it was uh, long. It's because I, even in the tutorial, was having so much fun with this game that I had to go around and screw with absolutely everything. Uh, It's a physics-based VR shooter, which means when you grab something, it interacts with the rest of the world like it would in real life. So if I grab the bottom of a table and push it forward, everything on that table slides off, which kind of makes sense in your mind. But if you think about another VR game, like Arizona Sunshine, for example, if you are to grab a table and push it with all your force, you know, something a grown man could easily do, push over a table, that table is not going to fall over at all. Whereas in Boneworks, everything is scripted to interact with everything else. There's one puzzle, I'm not going to drop any spoilers, where if you step on one object... Uh, or one piece of the floor, the other part of the floor goes up. Like it's kind of a scale because your weight is on one thing. That'll go down. The other floor will go up. And you have to solve the puzzle by distributing weight around. Um, and it's really cool because of the way the weapons handle. They all handle really realistically. Like if you wanted to throw a magazine up in the air and then catch it into the magwell of your assault rifle, you could totally do that because, you know, the, the, the magazine will physically land into the magwell. Then you can load the gun that way um what one thing i really like about this game is it it feels like a vr game that's developed by people who play vr stress level zero of course made hover drunk this isn't their first game they're by no means a triple a studio they are still an indie studio uh but i i really like the vr games that are made by people who who have actually taken into account uh you know what 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 it's like being in a VR headset. This sounds kind of dumb, but one of the things that they say right when you start up BoneWorks is, Hey, this game is for expert VR people only. Like, please don't play if, uh, if you don't, or, you know, uh, make sure you understand the concept of like moving in VR, loading weapons and, and how your controllers work and all that stuff. I've been playing on the knuckles controllers. I have an index before you play this game there. I've been to developer conferences and VR conferences, and lots of places where I've played other indie titles, and I feel like sometimes I, I should, I should just tell. I I hate to say this, and I hate to be ultra blunt to people to their face, but there's some VR games out there that I I play, and I want to say to the developer, stop, stop. Like, if you want to make this game for fun and and release it you know, for yourself and your friends, that's fine. If you want to put this on Steam and sell it as an early access video game, give up. Right now, this game is not going to go anywhere. Stop investing into the studio. You guys need to break up and go do something else. That sounds super harsh, but there are VR games that I've played that are just bad. And if people like it, it's not because that the game is good. It's because VR is novel and they're not experienced with it. And they think looking around and playing with the controllers is cool. It's not going to do well in the actual market where people are, are you know looking to spend $20, $30 on a good game and actually enjoy their time. Right now, Boneworks, I'm going to go on VRLFG real quick. VRLFG.net. Uh, I want to see how many... Boneworks right now. Holy shit. Oh my god. I did not expect this. On Steam, Boneworks right now. At 9.10 p.m. PST, the day of release, has 5,206 players with a max of 8,696. Beat Saber has right now 1,172 with a max of 1,700. Pavlov, 536 right now with a max of 800. Boneworks has five times the players almost that Beat Saber has playing it right now. That is mind-blowing. The game is so good. Uh, but Boneworks is one of those games that I picked up and I, I said, oh my God, the people who developed this game have actually played VR. Uh, they have some great features like bending over to pick stuff up is a pain in the ass. And so one great thing you can do in VR is use the force, reach out, stick your hand at something that you want to pick up and then pull it towards you. Uh, it's a great piece of convenience. And the fact that they added that into the game, uh, I mean, it sh- that should be a staple in VR at this point. But that just makes the game so much more comfortable to play. You're not bending over to pick stuff up off the ground all the time. And so to have a game developed by people who have actually played VR, uh, there are plenty of VR titles where I've met the developers and I could look on VR LFG right now. And Boneworks, over 5,000 people playing it. And people who I've wanted to say, hey, don't release this game. This is bad. Don't charge people for this. You're wasting your time. Stop investing money into this. I'm not going to name names, but there are plenty of those if I look on VR LFG right now, their games concurrently have a player count of 0 to 2 players right now playing it. Uh, so, I, I hate to be harsh and up in people's faces, but... Man, uh, some games... When you develop a game for VR, Boneworks is a great example of a game that this can only happen in VR... If you're developing a game, and I'm talking to a lot of these games that have zero to two players on it. If you're developing a game and it'd be just as good on mouse and keyboard, then it shouldn't be a VR game. Boneworks, for example, you can peek in through doors. So you can use one hand to grab a doorknob and slowly push the door open while you peek a gun through. And then fire the gun without fully opening the door. That would be insanely difficult to do on a keyboard. I think Escape from Tarkov actually does that. It has like a million buttons. Uh, Escape from Tarkov, a super realistic military simulator shooter, you can, when you're trying to move slowly in Tarkov, I think, I haven't played it for like a year, but you can scroll up or down on your mouse wheel, and that'll speed up or slow down your character. And the slower you go, the quieter footsteps you make. In VR, if you want to, say, incrementally open the door, you just don't move your arm as far forward. Or... When I was trying to barge doors open, I actually have to put my hands forward and shove the doors open. Whereas, you know, on a normal PC game, you just press E and the door bursts open. Or I remember when I was playing Modern Warfare, if you so much as like tap a door, if you were sprinting for 0.01 seconds and you tapped a door, it would just fly open. Uh, so just small things like that make the game super cool. And how the gun physics work and all that stuff. My only criticism of the game is the physics are too good? Because in real life, imagine yourself walking down a tight alleyway. If my shoulder clipped the wall, my body would naturally turn to the right. Uh, let's say let's say there's a wall on my right, and my shoulder clips something on the wall. My shoulders would turn, and I'd be able to continue walking forward. I'd just be walking forward sideways. In BoneWorks, if my right hand clips an object. And I'm walking forward, my character just stops and I get super confused because there's no actual feeling, there's no haptics on my arm. If my arm gets caught in VR in real life, I could process, oh, my arm's caught on something and turn your shoulders or whatever. It happens without any kind of thinking. But in VR, if my arm gets caught on something, I have to stop and look down on my right and be like, oh crap, my arm's caught. And I can't pull my arm forward. That's one of the mistakes I'll make. If I catch my arm on a corner, I'll pull my arm forward, but in-game, I can't pull my arm through that wall. So I'll have to pull my arm back and around my body. So the physics can be a little too realistic in that instance. And uh, sometimes the hand-to-hand combat gets really intense. And I'm a little bit afraid of punching my monitor. I got a lot of Pokemon cards in this room. Uh, But other than that, the game is fantastic. I have three hours in, and I just finished the first level. I'm going around exploring all these little nooks and crannies. Uh, there's this little like under a stairwell. One thing that people leave on early access video games on Steam reviews a lot is, oh, this is just a tech demo. There's nothing to it. This is dumb. This is just showing off VR. It's just just a tech demo. On on Boneworks, under one of the stairwells, it's not even something you're supposed to see. You got to push all these boxes out of the way. There's this graffiti that says, this is just a tech demo. And the fact that these guys are so in tuned with like VR culture and their game, it really shows the quality Uh, and I'm really loving the game right now. And the fact that there are over 5,000 people playing it right now is absolutely insane. The, uh, stress levels of guys have done a great job with the game and I can't wait to end the show and, and keep playing it. I think that's actually what we're going to do. I don't think we have anything else important to talk about. Uh, I think, I think we're all done for the week. I wanted to do another entitled influencer, but I feel like we've done that before where, uh, this influencer this actually happened to someone on my twitter feed i'll read part of it i'll read a part of it and then we'll end the show uh but basically this influencer messages someone who makes hand-knit clothing and uh basically the person who makes hand-knit clothing says no i don't want to do it for exposure and uh this absolute clown of an influencer says oh i think you're missing the point it is payment extremely generous payment Advertising to an audience of over 300,000 people on my Instagram is not a free service. It often leads to multiple sales of a company slash individual's product and services, i.e. they might make more money than a single payment would. I've been following, I built my following since 2009. I was just offering you that advantage. That's totally fine An extremely generous offer on my behalf and it's totally fine if you don't want to take advantage of it by giving me a free product is what the person was asking for. Fuck this person, pay people for their hand-knit products. And that's not how you go about making a pitch for free products. Say, hey, last time I did an Instagram post. And this is the problem with these influences. They're not actually trained in this kind of uh, social media marketing. But the actual way you're supposed to go about doing it is to say, hey, I have 300,000 followers. The last time I did a sponsored post, it had a reach of half a million people and out of that we were able to convert that half a million followers of reach into 100 sales and so we think that we could do a similar thing with your similar product would you guys like to uh, send us a product over and and hear all the stats on how we ran uh, that marketing campaign I did this many posts for them over the the course of this many weeks uh, or this many days and it converted into this many sales which is this much for the company and that going going into someone's DMs and just saying, "Hey, I have three hundred thousand followers. Give me a free product, and I'll post about it." That's not the way to do it. You can actually come up with actual statistics, a pitch deck, and and say that, "Hey, I'm actually going to be useful and be a little bit more professional." And when they say, "No, pay me," how how much is a freaking crop top? If these influencers are making so much bank off of their followers, you can pay for cooler. How much is a crop top?
1: I I don't I f- know. I actually. feel like.
0: I feel, like, I feel like I don't know. It's, it's a
1: shirt, right? So I feel like low end is like $20, high end that 40. I'd be like I'd consider reasonable is probably like 60 to 80 or something if it's like super high end and then beyond that, I think it's just excessive.
0: I think it's got to be a little more, right? Because a t-shirt costs $20, but lingerie is way more expensive and it's way less fabric than a t-shirt. It's also more fitted, yeah. and fancy and all that stuff, but
1: Well, I'm not It's it depends on the
0: quality, that's what I mean. I mean, you can get cheap
1: clothes for like anywhere, but it's going to be shit, right?
0: The point is, if you really want a piece of clothing uh, to take a picture in uh, for your Instagram, you can afford to pay forty to sixty dollars for it. If you if your brand endorsements are really bringing you that much money, anyway, influencers are clowns, and I think I think that's the moral. What did you take away from today's podcast, Healer? I think it's influencers are clowns. Twitch is a clown. Uh, the woman beating her dog is a clown. The woman throwing her dog is a clown the streamers making billion millions not billions millions of dollars selling multi-year deals they are not clowns but uh this influencer on instagram is a clown i think influencers are clowns i think that's the moral of the story today anyway that's all the time we it's have for the early podcast that that we'll make that the title uh that's all the time we have for the early access podcast i want to go play boneworks honestly we're not actually out of time we just want to go do other things. Uh, but you can find us on discord.gg slash Shampoo and twitch.tv slash delshampoo at 8pm PST. But uh, I really just want to go play Boneworks. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It's just a ruse uh, for me to stay connected to the social uh, content creation game. So that when I go ask for a copy of Evolve 2, the 2K gives it to me. Like, Look, I've I've been making a gaming podcast for the past four, five, six, ten 10 years. Please give me a free copy of Evolve 2. It's, that's what the whole podcast is about. All right. Uh, like us on Spotify and all this stuff. See you guys some other time.